are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? We're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 424, a.k.a. Year 8, Week 52. That's right. We are wrapping up Year 8. I don't know how accurate that is, again, and I've kind of glanced back at my old numbers just to see, like, where I could have gone astray in my counting, and it didn't immediately jump out at me. But we have now concluded... This show will conclude eight years of regularly produced anarchist experience podcasts. So self high fives, pats on the back, everyone. Uh, appreciate you sticking with it, MC, for eight years. And KS, I don't know how long you've been doing this with us, but you know, thank you for sticking by us through probably most of that at this point. Uh, no, 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 not that long at all. But it feels like a hundred years. Oh my goodness, that's that's mean. Probably, probably four. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like you started when I was still in Hawaii, and I've been gone for four and a half years now. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whoa, gee. Right. So it's been it's yeah. been some time, my man. Just again, d- d- doesn't feel like it. it. Feels like just yesterday. Uh, so we're going to be you know starting the ninth year of this podcast, the anarchist experience, uh, with next week's show. Uh, that being said, welcome to the show. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie rich along with MC and KS. And this, since this is your regularly scheduled Saturday broadcast on the old clubhouse there, uh, find us at around 3 PM Eastern time on clubhouse, find the club, the anarchist experience, or at me at riches for rich R I C H E S the number four R I C H. Um, and I will click the invitation button when we go live so you can participate or listen or do whatever it is you do uh, when we're doing this show live, even if it's not paying any attention at all, because I'm sure that's what most people are doing. I'm sure most of the people in my inner circle, right, are still fired up with the old uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I got my copy in just in time on Monday, um, and I've been in like zombie mode ever since lack of sleep, not paying attention to anything else. It's a miracle. I got as many articles as I do for, you know, later in the show, if we get to them, but oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, usually I would throw it over to you guys and see what's going on, but I read in the news, like it was, you know, I, it was a headline in the news that they're tearing down Aloha stadium. And I didn't know if that was true or not. So I asked you guys before the show, I'm like, Hey, are they tearing that thing down? Uh, and, and you brought it up, Cass, that not only are they tearing it down, they're tearing it down just in time to, <laughs> for the boondoggle of a, of a rail system uh, to pass by the rubble. Could the timing have been any worse? And yet they touted it as a, well, that's a great milestone. Because here, the, as you say, they've spent so much money, billions on this uh, 
railroad from nowhere to nowhere. I mean, really, literally, out in a field in Kapolei. Not even connecting with Kapolei, but a field in the wide open, almost like a desert out there because it's sort of dry. With a giant parking lot so you can go park. Giant parking lot. Oh, that's right. I'm kind of joking. Is that true? Is it a giant parking lot? Well, yeah, they've got a, well, not so giant, just a, okay. enough for the few cars that are going to show up, probably. But Catch yeah, the they've, bus they've got to a get to the lot. rail. Exactly. You're probably going to have to do that. Okay, so then you park and you walk up. Well, they show these massive stairs. I guess everybody's going to be taking an elevator or escalators to get up to this towering sta- uh, structure. Handicapped and, then, and wheelchair people, you're not invited. Well, yeah, they can take the elevator. Okay. I remember in D.C. years ago, they said that for every elevator for the that they for the cost of each person that was handicapped, they were going to accommodate it. They could have hired a or they could have bought a, a, a chauffeur-driven limousine for for each handicapped person in Washington nice. D.C. Probably the same kind of ratios here. Okay, so then um, every minute there's going to be a, a train that'll go off and stop every mile. Uh, to um, you know, to the next station, and uh, after about uh, I think sixteen, well, I don't know, uh, no, not maybe out of uh, twelve miles or something, they'll get down to the Aloha Stadium, which is now being dismantled. There's nothing, no functions going on there, and there won't be for years, except maybe some construction. Um, Are so they building a new from, stadium? That was my question. Are they building a new stadium, or what's going to be in the hole that that? They they haven't decided yet, but the they what they yes they want to build a new stadium, uh, and they want to have all this. There have been several proposals, and that's what they haven't settled on yet. Uh, some are to have a whole lot of housing or condos or high rises around it uh, that'll be a sort of a community center, and then uh, and they'll be able to presumably have a a thriving station because they'll they'll build all the houses that are supposed to be the people who will use the the railroad then but that's so far off in the future and you know it's going to be a boondoggle too um and they can't decide on how high the uh, high or concentrated the the development is supposed to be do you know anything more about it mc the the plan uh no i don't just but just it, as long as it doesn't impede the view of other people in the area, right? Like I had such a good view of the ocean. You can't put a high rise more than four stories up. Cause then my view was being affected. You do have to admire how genius the move is though. Uh, just like when you build the rail halfway and then you run out of money, well then obviously you have to give me more money to finish the rail or else all the other money was wasted. And if the you sunk cost down, fallacy, and if you tear down the stadium, when, when, right when the rail starts going, then obviously you have to give them more money to build them a new stadium because <laughs> it, it would be a complete waste of building a rail uh, if you don't. So yeah, they're 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 pretty uh, conniving and evil, but uh, that's the way they do it. So maybe I missed out on the beginning plans, right? Because again, I don't pay attention to these sorts of things. Um, I feel like the stadium was not the end goal of the rail. It, like I it thought- was part of the the selling point. Uh, the, the the goal of the rail was to rip people off. That's the goal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the stated goal then, the stated goal. <laughs> yeah, so the stated goal was originally to go by the airport, uh, you know, by the, by the stadium first, by the airport, and it is going to go to the airport at least, right? Yeah, it'll go to, uh, technically, it's, it'll go as far as Kaka'ako, um, 
in Waterfront Plaza, and it stops there. Won't even go to Ala Moana Shopping Center now. So what? Oh man, I th- okay, okay. So I'm gonna go uh, correct my ignorance. I feel like this thing was supposed to be a com- a commuter rail to alleviate traffic. Yeah, okay. that was the that was the selling uh, so, point. So it's got to get downtown. And I I apologize to anyone listening who doesn't understand the geography of this. Like, suck it up, find a map. Um, <laughs> but it's it's if it doesn't get downtown, right? Then anyone who works downtown is still going to drive or bus or do whatever it is they did, right? Like who wants, who's coming from Kapolei, right? That only wants to make it uh, to the stadium or to Ala Moana. No, nobody, uh, except the first week, uh, I think they're going to offer free rides. So it'll be like um, an amusement park, you know, you know, oh, everybody okay. can ride the rail, you know, see what it's like to ride a monorail or whatever. Well, not a monorail, it's a steel on steel railroad. Okay. Um, yeah. Elevated. And that's another thing, elevated above this field out in the countryside, which is uh, 10,000 times more expensive than it would have to do just building the railroad on the old railroad grade um, that existed there when the Oahu Railroad was there. They could have built it all on the original grade, but they didn't. They, of course, you know, that would have been too easy. And a side question, back to the stadium briefly, because I'm, I'm curious. Um, where are the sports teams going to play? Is it just going to be away games for the next 15 years while they figure out what to do for college football and whatever? I think they're playing at the Stan Sheriff um, Field down at U- University of Hawaii. I mean, and that makes sense. If you're going to, if you've already got it, stadiums accommodate all the, all the games. And every... Um, every uh, high school has their own stadium. They can play their games at their stadiums. Like, well, every, high schools have their own field, right? I would, yeah. I would hardly call it a stadium. Well, they they play their games at the stadium. I mean, they, that's uh, they got bleachers at most of the schools, I okay. guess. Although the schools, I can't believe the stuff. I, I've, I just heard from this one girl who goes to. school the high school down at Kapolei, and she says they've closed all the bathrooms because there's too much vandalism, so they don't allow the kids to use the bathrooms. There's one bathroom across the field, away from the main um, facility, and and they can go there with a pass um, at certain times of the day. I I can't believe the kind of stuff that's going on. Yeah, it's uh, it's the you know our children are the future. <laughs> yeah right Sleep. Sleep. it's our future no bathrooms <laughs> oh no nor well, just complete you destruction oh. you want to go into you don't get to go into any of them if, well that's the issue too they yeah if you if you can't figure out how to grow up and not destroy the stuff you're peeing on then <laughs> yeah well all, also tragedy of the commons right because they, they probably don't piss on the seats at home right when you yeah. have to clean the toilet, you're a little bit more careful about where you spray. <laughs> Just saying. Like, I, I'll admit it, right? When I'm at home, I sit down for a number one because I don't want to <laughs> clean up afterwards. And, you know, even if, even if your aim is perfect, right, there's, like, recoil. Like, it hits the water and it splashes, like, you know. So I sit down and limit the re- – but when I go out, right, public bathroom – 
forget about it. I'll stand and then I'll sh- I'll flush with my foot because I ain't touching that shit. I'm not suggesting we we turn all Japanese and stuff, but um, they they are doing something right because they they don't have this type of problem in yeah. in Japan. You know, so, they got they got some some discipline. They 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 teach them how to uh, clean up after themselves. And funny you mention it. Uh, my mom is currently on a trip to Japan. Like they are in Japan. Her and my stepdaughter are in Japan, I believe, right now. I think they left last week. And to tie it into the first part of what we we're talking about, they're there uh, because either my mom or my stepdad or both of them like wanted to ride the bullet train. Right? Oh, look how the fucking bullet train! <laughs> look, a modern marvel of efficiency and speed. Right? And so you know, I'm having this conversation, conversations with the boss at work. Right, and you know, I'm telling him, yeah, my mom's on vacation there in Japan to ride the bullet train and yada, yada, yada. And he's like, oh, man, those things are fast. I'm like, yeah, but I would, I kind of would trust those more than I would trust fucking Amtrak or an American railroad at this point, right? Mm. Like, what is it, a derailment every week for the last two months or whatever it was, you know? Mm. Like, how often does the bullet train fail in Japan? And his comment on that was, well... You know, if we could have the government regulate every little aspect of it, we'd be just as safe as Japan is, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, sure. You know, if, if you think fascism is the solution, right? If government regulating, like, every aspect of people's lives is the solution that you're searching for to make sure everything's perfect, right? You can have that, right? Just don't call it freedom. I so, think it's 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 funny in, in, the, in the U.S. It's like... Uh, leftists love trains and you got, you know, New York city and California trying to build all these trains and now Hawaii. Um, and these are also the same areas where, where people destroy their own public bathrooms Yep, and, and, and trains. And so, yeah, the, the New York city train is, uh, now that there's, you know, tens of thousands, I don't know, maybe, maybe more, uh, of people jumping the turnstiles, not paying their fee, and there's no regulation. Free riders, sure, and and I don't really care about that. But then they get on the on the thing and they vandalize the train, and uh, you know make it worse for everybody. So, um, yeah, they 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 want everything to be free, and then when they get it, they destroy it. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm against the free stuff for that reason, uh, and. And at least until uh, they can figure out how to, uh, you know, stop treating the kids like kids, like like train them to be adults some some way. I don't know exactly what they're doing wrong, um, but I think that's their plan is to infantilize the the entire country. And yep. I don't know. That's well. That's going to be the end of it. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you want to take it from a government perspective, where they're going wrong, right, is making, is delaying uh, progress, right, delaying uh, childhood progress until people hit their 20s, right? Like, that's where it, that's, that's where they're going wrong, right? Yeah, you can't, you can't uh, be unsupervised out in public, right, the, the, the uh, free kids movement. Right, children should be able to walk to the park or walk to the store or walk wherever or ride a bike, 
and go wherever they want and learn responsibility and learn how to look both ways before you cross the streets. You don't get smashed by a 3000 ton to 3000 pound death machine. Right. And then they get a little older and you know, you're not allowed to go here. You're not allowed to do this, right. The, the age to drive a vehicle, right. Like I had my permit at 15. I had my license at 16. You know, there are some rural areas in America where you can do that shit at 14. Right. And then they went, well, 18, and then, you know, and then people, you know, and then this current crop of, of, you know, this, this generation doesn't even like want to drive because, yeah, you can catch an Uber or Lyft or whatever, everywhere you want to go. And, you know, there's no desire for that level of freedom, right? Oh, you can't, you know, the, you, you could smoke at 18. Now you can't smoke until you're 21. You know, in Europe, you can drink as a teenager in America. You got to wait till you're 21 before you can legally have alcohol, Right. So there's no, there's no responsibility being taught. They just keep pushing shit back and wonder why, you know, 20 year olds are acting like children. It's because you didn't let them fucking mature when it was time to be an adult. Have you seen the new Avatar movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was, uh, it was very long. Yes, it's I'm I'm two thirds of the way through it, so I haven't finished it. <laughs> yeah, I know I've seen it, it in stages into- <laughs> too. It brings yeah. up into episodes, but yeah, I saw it too and I enjoyed it. But it was uh, it was three episodes. <laughs> okay, so that so no spo- no spoilers, you know, for me then I haven't seen the end of it. But since you've seen it, I'll bring this part. There's like you know a part in the movie, that, you know, I don't remember what day it was, but it made me tear up a little bit. Um, and I'm not going to spoil the, the part of the movie. I'll just say the line that grabbed my attention, right? He said, like, uh, you know, learn to do things around here so you and your family don't suffer the shame of uselessness. <laughs> and I, I teared up at that point. <laughs> like, literally, I, I don't know. It might be that time of the month for me, but I got emotional. And saying it again yeah. is like making my eyes water just a little bit now. Right. Yeah. Very conservative or not conservative message, but very, very grown up message. And, uh, they probably wrote it without even thinking about what it meant. (laughs) Probably else it wouldn't have got past the fucking Hollywood censors, man. But I mean, what a, what a beautiful message, right? That to your, you know, to the earlier point is just not being taught to the youth of today in any functional, rational, useful manner. Right. Like you should be ashamed if you're useless, right? You know the key is is the notion of shame. Yeah, that, no one that, feels uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, go you, even as adults, right? We you know we we bitch and moan and piss and complain about welfare all the time, right? There used to be shame in standing in line at the grocery store and having to pull out food stamps, right? That was shameful. Previous generations were ashamed that they had to, the, they, they, you know, they got the dirty looks from everyone standing there and they felt it, right? This is not something that's supposed to be normalized. This is not something that you're supposed, this is a temporary thing because you fell on some hard times, right? And you better fucking find a way to get yourself out of it for fear of shame being out in public, right? And now they have an EBT card, Right, that you swipe like any old debit or credit card at the grocery store. Nobody's none the wiser. Right, They're like ah oh, yeah no I I get my EBT right. Was it uh oh old dirty bastard? Remember from fucking Wu Tang Clan on MTV? 
right? While he was already a millionaire from the Wu-Tang Clan or however, you know, whatever that happens to be, right? They, there's an episode on MTV of him going down to the bank and like cashing his welfare check. And that was a funny, funny, ha-ha moment. Like, look at this. ODB still gets a welfare check, even though he's a millionaire rapper by that point in his career. You know, and no shame. No shame whatsoever. All right? Like, that should that should have been a part of it. Where Wherever we lost our way as a society, right, is not bringing shame upon acts that are shameful or that people should feel it. Right? You're you're 14. You don't have a part time job for shame that you are a, a, of of working age and working capability and not contributing to the family. There's two aspects to to shame. One is, well, you don't want to look bad to other people. You don't want you you care what other people think. But the more important, much more important, is what do you think of yourself? Um, that that's where the shame really makes the the greatest impact. Because people have given up caring what other people think about it, but um, wh- why should one feel badly about oneself if one can't do things to um, you know be productive? You know, was that a rhetorical question? Why should one feel bad? Because no, you're no, no. I, that, it, you're right. It's just a rhetorical question. That, that's. Um, I'm just making a distinction of two kinds of shame. One that people. Yeah feel is is well what other people will think of them uh, but more importantly is what do they think of themselves if they um don't mind taking from other people i mean now and one thing is two different kinds of of taking from other people partly the voluntary and the involuntary you know through the through the taxes where they feel they're owed it and and it's forcibly taken from other people um, as opposed to the person who goes to the church coffers and says, please, can you help me out through the week or so because I've, I'm in hard times, like you said. And then it's voluntary, and and uh, there's some nobility in the giving and taking under those circumstances where it's personal. But where it's impersonal and coerced, um, that's where the shame is. Yeah, and if you go to the church coffers, right, and you go like, I've fallen on some hard times, Right there, part of that is the assumption that this is a temporary situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have you have tithed to your church until this point, right? And now it's time to be the recipient of that tithing, right? And then when you get your shit back in order and you know are on the productive side of things, right? Then you continue to tithe to your church and recontribute to that you know communal coffer, if it were, you know, for someone else who's fallen on temporary hard times. And the personal relationship is something that makes it temporary. You know, you you want to figure out a solution to the problem, and um, and you've got even a mentor, a helper who will will assist you because it's all personal. But when it's yeah. totally impersonal through the bureaucracy, um, then it's just tax the rich. That's right. Yeah, you you can find justifications for it. Yeah, I want mine because they're not paying their fair share. Right. They've made all this money. They have all this money and I have nothing. They should give it to me just because. Although I do feel a little bit of uh, sentiment that way too. I, some, every time I see the, uh, um, uh, you know, announcements of who gave money for this charity and this charity, when I see a particular name, I see a, 
a guy who made his uh, fortune from a, a government monopoly. He got the he had a, a company that excluded all the competition and um, became very very wealthy and prosperous. Now he's being generous and building his name by handing out money. I I do f- feel resentment towards that kind of wealth. Sure, you know because they've taken from the general population in the first place by establishing this government franchise monopoly. Yeah, and that's again this is a, this is a difficult area for anarchists and libertarians alike, right, to argue from. Because we will make the claim that if you've earned your wealth, right, you ought not have to contribute that to, you know, the collective funds. Right? You have given back to society. You've you've gotten a billion dollars. That means you've provided a billion dollars worth of value to society or more, right? Because it's a win-win transaction. Right? But in, there's no example of that to lean on in modern society because everyone with that level of wealth, right, has worked hand in hand with the government to get there. Right? Elon Musk, welfare whore, Jeff Bezos, you know, running, you know, running the, the service for the CIA that, you know, Bill Gates, you know, using his monopoly privileges or whatever. Right. Mm, I hadn't heard of this one with Jeff Bezos and the CIA. What's that one? I hadn't heard. Oh, this, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't have specifics, um, but the CIA runs servers uh, on Amazon web services. So any, any if you're on if you have servers on AWS, Amazon's oh, yeah. web services, mm-hmm. the likelihood is the CIA has access to the data. Oh, mm. and that goes for uh, Microsoft and Google and and the rest of them. Right. So they they you know whereas they may have started with good intentions, right, and earned you know the first million by bootstrapping it. Right. By the time they get to that level, there's some sort of government intervention, some sort of government action, some sort of government restrictions that they rely upon um, in order to maintain that level of wealth. Right. And so the people arguing against it, like, oh, no, you know, we need to end capitalism because, look, these people, Facebook, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, right, they're the ones setting the rules for the government because they have all the money. And you go, well, yes, and that's, you know, that's not the fault of capitalism, right? That's, that's a problem with the state, right? If you eliminate the state part of that apparatus there, then there will be forced to compete. And I don't know if I've said this on here, but I've said it, this a number of times uh, in the past. This is one thing that I think the, the capitalists and the communists can agree upon is that it's in general, humans are greedy, Right, and they act in their own self-interest to better themselves, right? And the only question that needs to be asked after that, you know, when you when you hold that true, right, and both sides hold it true, is what system are you going to set up to minimize that, right? To minimize the the net effect of that greed, right? And the gen- my answer is capitalism. Right, because you can. The only way to satiate that level of greed is to be productive, and you know, and be you know, be producing for your fellow man, right? Like you know, the butcher doesn't butcher meat because you know for the benefit of everybody, but he does it for the money, right? He'll feed you because you pay him to, 
right? And if he fails to feed you, right, then no one's going to pay him. So there's, you know, there's an innate incentive to do so. But if you get the government involved and the government goes like, well, we'll take from the taxpayers and subsidize you, right, then that connection is lost. And he's no longer incentivized to feed you as best he can because he's getting paid regardless. And that's what happened. You know, that's, that's the difference. And the, com- the communists will say, like, well, we need more government intervention to prevent them from doing that. You know, part of that debate is that whenever the communists say we need, just need more control, then the capitalists say, well, you know, then it leads to tyranny and, and uh, destruction. And the re- their response is, well, we just never had the right people in charge. You never, right. never experienced the, the true case. Well, the same thing can be said of the, about the other side. You could say, oh, you know, um, well, if you just have the free market, the pure free market, that's true capitalism, then... Then the response is, well, but, you know, where have you ever had it where you didn't have the collusion with government, the crony capitalism? You know, how do you find the pure case that uh, yeah. you can point to? And I guess it's always just a matter of degrees, you know. The, the pure case is on the small scale, right? Yeah. Like the pure case is, hey, I went to the farmer's market, I bought tomatoes from Jeff, and I gave him 20 bucks, right? Mm. Like that's it. No government intervention. He's, he's $20 richer. You know, I'm a pound of tomatoes richer, right? It was worth it for me because I needed tomatoes. He had an abundance of tomatoes and sold some off so he can go buy some other things, right? But Jeff's not going to be a millionaire selling tomatoes at the farmer's market, right? If Jeff wants to be a millionaire selling tomatoes, he's got to go out to the government, right, and collude with them to prevent anybody else in the area from selling tomatoes and giving him monopoly privilege over that. And that, and that, you know, as that gets bigger, that's where, that's where the example is lost, right? The vast majority of day-to-day trades happen in an anarchist manner. I buy from you, you're richer, I'm products richer, right? That's it. Mm. It just, it doesn't scale up when you have the, the force of the coercive government lording over everything. I bought tomatoes from Jeff and I paid zero taxes on it. Right, the government had no part in that transaction. Done. That's the example. And like I said, it just doesn't scale. Right? Communism is also something that doesn't scale. It works on the family level. Right? Mm. Mom, dad, two kids. Again, the the kids are useless. They contribute nothing uh, to the household financially or by product of their labor. Right? They are solely reliant on the charity and goodwill of the productive members of the household, right? And that works, right, for a certain period of time, right? At some point, right, and this is, again, this is the infantilization, right, of the new American child, right? At some point, that used to be, you know, in the early teens, right? 13, 14, 15, mid-teens, whatever. You know, go get a part-time job. Start earning your own way. You don't necessarily have to pay rent, but go make some money, right? Learn some responsibilities. Start figuring out a skill that you think is going to be useful later on in your life, right? And now that communal, that, uh, that, that communal aspect of it turns into, you know, a 23-year-old sitting in the basement, right, on the computer all day because they have a mental disorder or anxiety, Right, and they can't hold down a stable job because of some traumatic experience they had in their youth, right, or whatever excuse that they have, 
right? And like, I can't work. It's too traumatic, right? Unfortunately, like, my niece is kind of one of those, as far as I know. But her trauma was real, right? And so it's, you know, it, it's, it was an excuse, right? So I'm talking to my mom, and I think my niece just turned. Uh, she's older now. I don't know how long ago this was. But I was, I was talking to them, like, why don't she just fucking get a job? You know, just go get a job. And there was like, she can't. I'm like, the fuck you mean she can't? She's old enough. She's supposed to be smart enough, right? Go get a job. And it was like, well, you know, when she, you know, she tried to be a bagger at the grocery store, right? And, you know, certain, the way certain customers looked like triggered her anxiety and she would have a panic attack in the middle of her shift. I go, okay, that f- sucks. But what do you, what do you do with that? Right, you're gonna be you're gonna be on the dole. You're gonna be relying on mom, dad, and grandma and grandpa forever because you can't get your fucking anxiety in check to do something productive. Do drugs, you know. Make enough money to afford the drugs that calm your ass down, so you can go make more money. Right, that's that's the question of the youths. Right, what mental disorder do you have? Right, PTSD, trauma, anxiety gender dysphoria is the big one now where'd that come from maybe it's always been there but now it's out in the light seems to be preventing a whole lot of people from doing a whole lot of productive things that they otherwise would have had to do because they can be not productive the the gender dysphoria came from the same place that the uh, bulimia came from go on uh it came from um uh, teenage girls wanting to feel the pain of of their uh, their friends. Okay, and so it would happen. It would spread throughout uh, schools, like hysteria. Like one, kid, you know, one kid would have it, and then all of a sudden, a whole bunch of other ones did. Um, so yeah, it's uh, and then now now the problem is, uh, the left and their uh, Trump derangement syndrome has gotten the best of them and now they're encouraging it in in kids, even if it's not their own kids. Um, They're still saying, well, anything a kid says, you must support them on it. Good luck with that. Yeah. See, uh, okay. Do you care? Like, are you bothered by this? Um, I'm not bothered by it. I don't, I don't have kids and, and I generally don't care about other people's kids, Yeah, but I mean, it's obviously wrong, you know, and it's it's obviously wrong to uh, mutilate kids and and allow them to not not just allow them to, but pay pay for them to. So it's like the government is going to fund this some sometimes, um, and it would also be wrong for uh, just a rich parent to do that to their own kid, you know. Um, so yeah, it's definitely wrong. Um, yeah. I mean, people do a lot of wrong things all the time from my moral judgment and perspective, right? But I don't, I don't care enough to try to stop them. Yeah. Um, and from, you know, from a strategic point of view, right, if, if this is a problem with the left, right, it's, it would behoove the right in their long-term planning to allow it to happen, right? Oh, sure. Because the, it's, it's self-destructive, in the long run, 
right? And if you're, you know, if you're, you know, strategically planning, right? If you're like the libertarians, right? Like trying to get ahead and like, okay, let the left destroy themselves, right? If they're, if they're not, if they're going to like, you know, traumatize the children, right? And make them non-reproducing adults, right? They will breed themselves out of existence like the shakers or, you know, not, well, that's a bad example because the shakers didn't breed and that was their problem. Right, but if they, yeah, you know, I think, failure to breed think, means you you lose in the long run. I think the problem though is that uh, it's it's not enough of them, and so really they're it's 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 all about an image thing, and they want the image to be anything is acceptable, and um, that that's a problem, <laughs> you know. Well, okay, okay. It's not, so, it's not a problem for everybody, but it, it certainly creates problems that that just don't go away. You know, you're you're creating more victims, basically. Don't they have a conflict of the of concept here? For example, they might say, "Well, anyone who has sex before age, let's say, sixteen, um, might be considered." it would be considered rape because the person isn't competent to make the decision for themselves. And yet, um, what if the parent says, well, it's, a, it's okay, it's okay with me, a parental approval that the kid has sex. Um, I think that the law almost everywhere, even in left-wing states, wouldn't accept that. They'd say, well, no, it's it's still rape. Well, they're, they're, they're hypocrites and they're not. So they're not, the, the way that they're not a hypocrite is that they they're trying to change it. There's a lot of these people that that are focused on children and their and their uh, sexual lives because they 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 want to abolish uh, any all the rules and and because they're groomers. So um, that's the way that they're not a hypocrite. So real quick, KS, because you might not be familiar with this, I'm going to tie this back into my welfare thing earlier, right? It used to be shameful to be on food stamps, but now it is not as shameful to be on an EBT card, right? It used yeah. to be shameful to be a pedophile, right? You kept that shit at home and got away with it whenever you could, right? <laughs> but now they bring it to the forefront and they change the name, right? They're no longer pedophiles. They're minor attracted persons, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Because it's a mental, it's a mental thing. It's all in your head, right? And generally, I agree with that, right? It's not about like you can't help what goes on in your head, for the most part, like without drugs and other things, right? It just it is what it is. It's the acting on it where I would normally draw the line, right? But if they but they're like trying to make acting on it okay. Because it's not the fault of the individual because it's in their head. Don't seek help, right? You are what you are. You're just and a minor attractive person. everyone else has to accept it. <laughs> What's yeah. that? And everyone else has to accept it. <laughs> Maybe. And pay for it. And that's, that's what I don't, I don't yeah, like. Yeah, you know, a yeah. lot of this would go away if, if the kid says, oh, uh, I, I think I'm a girl. You know, a boy says, I think I'm a girl. He says, well, that's weird. Uh, okay, have fun. And that's the end of it, you know? And then, so what is the kid going to have to do? Like, go get a job and go find a doctor and say, chop this thing off? I mean, really? That's, that would never happen. Yeah. But when you have a system of, 
of, of, of government and a, and a support structure with, with the left saying, oh, you, you're damaged goods until you get your wang removed. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. When I was a kid, I, I, I don't have a strong memory, but I, it's a memory nonetheless, right? I got into my grandmother's makeup, right? Because it looked fun. I don't, I never thought I was a girl, never felt like a girl, right? And in, in, in college, right, as a joke, um, I did a speech, um, and part of the speech was like going to try on clothes while wearing women's clothes. Like me and my girlfriend at the time, my son's mom now, like we're about the same size. So I mean, let's, you know, it was a compare and contrast speech or whatever. I'm like, let's see. Let's see if people respond differently if I go to the mall you know, bearded and goateed, looking as thugged out as I could in, you know, the late 90s, early aughts, right, and asked to try on a dress and see what they say, right, and then let me wear her clothes and do the same thing and act a little bit more feminine and tie my hair back and, you know, all that other bullshit that goes along with it, just to see, right, and the response I got at the time, right, and this is going to piss off a lot of people now, Right. It's like when I went, when I went in there dressed like a girl to try on girls clothes, right. I was told you still got to use the men's dressing room. (laughs) (laughs) And that would not fly today, but that's the answer I got from the clerk at Macy's, you know, at the time. Uh, But you know what it did do, right. I go like this skirt's pretty fucking comfortable. I think I'm going to start wearing kilts. Right. And now I have a bunch of kilts. Because goddamn it, they're they're actually comfortable for what they are. But I don't I don't feel feminine, right? When I'm wearing a kilt, it's a little bit more masculine in my mind. You know, Polynesians they got the lava lavas and all that stuff. It just unbifurcated oh, pants Scots, are awesome. The Scots and their uh, yeah bagpipes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? But I'm I'm sure part of that was from like wow, this is this is a lot more comfortable and roomy down there. Right, without the crotch, you know, the crotch seam in the way of my shorts. But my point is, you know, there was, I don't even want to call that experimentation, right? It was just things I did, right? Got into grandma's makeup. Grandma's always wearing makeup, you know, she, she spent a lot more time with me because dad was always at work, right? So as, as a little one, right, I, I fucking put all that fucking powder bullshit on my face. But it didn't make me, no one said like, oh, look, he thinks he's a girl, Right, I just gotten into the makeup. Right, why is an why is an easy bake oven right a gendered toy? As a kid, right, like no one gets an easy bake oven for boys. That's the girls' toy. But yet, most of the most of the chefs around the world, the famous chefs, are all men. Right, it's weird that you, they try that as as a youth. Right, they they've always tried to stigmatize those things. And now they just took it out of hand, right? Oh, Jimmy wants an easy bake oven. Time to call him Jane and put a dress on him. (laughs) When we were growing up, we had a gay friend and we knew he was gay from the beginning. When we were kids, right? Before, before sexuality was even a thing, we knew he was gay. And later in life, he finally came out and said like, guys, I'm gay. And we're like, yeah, we always knew that man. (laughs) And we always knew that because when we were, you know, off, you know, riding bicycles and playing swords and darts and, you know, dart guns or whatever and G.I. Joe's, 
right? He was in my sister's room with my sister brushing Barbie's hair. I'm like, oh, he's gay. <laughs> we knew, you know, but, but, but again, right. He was just a gay dude. There was no, like, he's a girl. We need to turn him into a girl. He's doing girly things, right? He was just a gay dude. And later, you know, in life, right. It, you know, did gay things with gay people and then died. I forget how he died. Died too young, but either way, probably unrelated, um, uh, but there was, you know, point being is even then, right, there was, there was no outcry to turn him into something that he wasn't, right? We just did our thing, and he played with Barbies, and it was cool. I yeah, mean, most, most uh, people that uh, are being trans, transgendered sure. early are, are actually just, just gay, and they, they don't, you know, they're still trying to figure things out. And so, right. The, the gay community really hates the transgender community because they're, you know, uh, they're destroying the, 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 the product, you know? <laughs> the, the ne- next generation of, of, of young gay men are, are now, you know, without their, uh, genitals. So. Young gay women. Who wants that? Gay guys don't want that. Straight guys don't want that. Yeah. You're stuck and, with that. And also, I, I really don't like, uh, the transgender movement that, uh, and it's not all of them, but the, the, the one that's making the news lately is the ones that say that they are real women. It's like, why can't you just be a trans woman? Yes. It doesn't, I mean, that was how it always was from when I was a kid. Now I hadn't met very many of them, but the trans women I meet are usually Okay, which is being oh yeah, trans woman. That's what it is. And in, in Thailand, it's you know, a girly boy or. Whatever, and there, you know. I, I remember there used to be a distinction as well, right? There were cross dressers, right, who were just dudes who dressed like chicks, right? Mm-hmm. Like when when I went to go try on women's clothes, right, I was not trans. I was just a cross dresser, at the time, right? For that you know for that instance that was it, right? Dude, women's clothes. And then there was, uh, oh man, I forget the transsexuals, right? Were the were the the ones who like had the surgery done, like they made the transition, you know? Like, what is RuPaul considered? Drag queen, right? Because if he's a drag queen, that's 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 a cross dressing performer, right? There's there's no sexual implication with a with a drag queen, right? Sure, they're they're more likely to be homosexual. Probably, I would think, right? But it's not a requirement. You just dress like a chick and put on a show. All right. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit. Sure. Um, we talked about it a little bit before the show, but I wanted to just because that's the way these things work. I'm going to spin off a little bit different angle. Uh, immigration. Yeah. Um, uh, DeSantis is in the news lately because he's going to uh, pass this bill. Um, where he's going to use the e-verify system to prevent the illegal people from working. And I, I know a lot of people that, that like DeSantis and they, they think he's the best thing ever. And I'm going to put um, you on blast. That was you like a month ago almost. Um, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I, and I still do. I mean, as far as like um, people that I think could turn the country into a to a better direction. I think he's capable. Okay. Um, not that I really care 
Like I'm going to do my own thing regardless. Um, but, uh, you know, if, so basically if I wanted to like help him out and not turn this, turn so many people off because a lot of, a lot of people, you know, don't, don't like this, this move. Libertarians are criticizing him because of this, this E-Verify move. As to, they uh, should. Uh, yeah. And so, like if if you wanted to lessen that blow, then what he should say is, well, you know, a lot of conservatives don't like illegals. They don't like illegals working. So so fine, do the e verify system. But then he should also say, so and and we're going to make a new another program to try to turn all these illegals into legals, mm-hmm. so they can work just like everybody else does. At least make it consistent, and and uh, try try not to. Uh, Oh, I'm just saying, I don't know, uh, if, if he was, if he really cared about people and if he really cared about getting votes, then he, he would try to uh, reach, you know, reach out to the left a little bit and, and, and identify the problem. The problem is, is you're, you're creating a separate class of people in, in, the, in the U.S., the, the, the illegals that cannot work. And that's not going to help out the country. What helps out the country is people doing what they want to do, which is you know, work and provide for their families. Um, and I'll point this out briefly, uh, as we talked about a little bit before the show, right? N- not that libertarians or anarchists are, are ones to like fall back upon the Constitution as the be-all, end-all of United States law, right? But... Even in the United States, if you want to go, if the federal government wants to follow the law, you know, on the documents that were written for them, right, mm-hmm. there's no purview for immigration. That do, it not, doesn't not even exist. in the amendments? What's that? Not even in the amendments? Well, which amendment would you be speaking of specifically then? I don't know. There's, there's one about uh, citizenship that didn't, I think it's like the 14th Amendment or something. Right. So citizenship is different from immigration, right? So in, in, the, in the Constitution, there is a purview for naturalization. And naturalization deals with citizenship, right? Are you or are you not an American citizen? That is, nat- that is naturalization, and you can talk about citizenship in that, right? But someone who migrates over the arbitrary border, right, should not be prevented from working, right, just because they're not naturalized, that's not the purview of the government. The government doesn't say that you have to be an American citizen to work, right? And if they, and, and whatever laws they have to that effect, right, are in violation of the Constitution, not supported by it. Because citizenship and naturalization is different, right? Even the documents that foreigners fill out now to work, right, there's like, you know, you, you're either a, a, a citizen of the United States, a, a national, uh, an American national in some form or fashion, or like a non-resident alien or some other categories that I don't remember off the top of my head, right? And for the, uh, for the non-citizen categories, right, they require extra documentation. And that extra documentation is bullshit, right? That's not their job. That's not their purview. They have, they have no legal standing, you know, aside from the fact that they've got the guns, right, within the Constitution to handle that aspect of it, right? It's just, you know, if you want to know, I'm, you know, not me personally, right, but if you, if you really need to know, right, 
yes, I, I'm a Mexican migrant, and yes, I'm going to work today, right? Because that's between me and the employer. And if they want to fill out the form, right, to let you know that they've hired a Mexican national, right, to work, right, it's informative, uh, not permit. It's, it's it's informational only, not a permission slip. And if at some point down the line you want to nationalize that guy and make him a citizen, right? Okay, fine. You got the purview to do so. Right? Okay. Yes. Do Do you have any input on on where the immigration idea went wrong? Yeah, because it started to be treated as uh, all protectionism. You know, people who were here didn't like newcomers from China first, and then uh, the Italians because they were Catholic, and the uh, Protestants who were here in greater numbers. I mean, is there any uh, legislation passed that that uh, re- restricts any any random person from any country coming in? Oh, yeah. Now they have such. Laws, yeah, immigration laws. So, where, so the the laws came, but there's no there's no constitutional amendment that that approves these laws. Right? That's right. So, so much like most of the well, laws, it's not there. Well, it's just done they, anyway. They've justified everything that they want to under the Interstate Commerce Clause. They say, well, if there's something not in the Constitution, so Im- immigration is under uh, the Interstate Commerce Commerce Clause. Yeah. Like the oh. Jones Act and everything, okay. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. So I'll add that to my my list of clown, clown world uh, bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. there, right? It's just not there. All, all these people getting up in arms and going like the Constitution, the Constitution. It's not well, there. It's never well, been there. I've I've always said that the Interstate Commerce Clause is one of those things that that grants the government to be able to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. under any circumstance and. Um, Right. There's two catch-alls, interstate if, commerce if, and general welfare. And if they if they believe that, then I think is if anybody is out there that wants to fix the system, that's what has to be fixed because well obviously you can't have a a, a well-run <laughs> uh functioning government if if you have things that say well they can do whatever they want. I mean, it's, yeah, it exactly. should be it should be obvious. Yeah, it, there is no such thing as constitutional constraint if if you've got a catch-all and there is, yeah, the elastic clause, which is the necessary and proper. You know, they say, oh, well, yeah, for the general welfare, as and, you point out. And even yeah. for the left, you know, the left is all pro, pro-immigration. pro It's like, well, they should be uh, targeting those two things, the general welfare clause and the interstate commerce clause. Uh, they won't because that's what gives them the power to do everything else that they want to do. <laughs> I'd say certain well, elements in the left are pro-immigration, um, but... A lot of them aren't. I mean, Joe Biden has been more restrictive, actually, than uh, Trump. He, he's not as vocal about it, but he, but his policies have actually been more limiting. I'm, I'm a little bit confused. You said the left is pro-immigration and they should be targeting the general welfare clause. No, and- no I, I said that, yeah. I know you said I, I wanted clarification. I'm, I'm confused as to what you mean. Some, some in the left, but a lot aren't. I mean, I'd say right. the mainstream on the left is just as as restrictive as like for example a lot of labor elements just don't want um competition for labor right no i get i i get that part but for those that do that want immigration right for those that do um how would they go about targeting the general you're saying that they should seek to abolish those two clauses yes or okay that's where i was confused or i was thinking like they wanted to use those to their advantage to get something else passed that's what they do is so I said they they won't 
get rid of the general welfare clause and the interstate commerce clause right. because of all the other things that they benefit from. Got it. Um, but those are the two things that uh, allow them to uh, uh, regulate immigration. And so that's what should be gotten rid of. Yeah. Well, yes, because the whole thing should be gotten rid of, but it, it sure, but even it, within their paradigm, right? It serves a purpose it's just been abused to serve every purpose. I, I think we'd have a much smaller government if those two clauses were not in 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 the in the constitution. Absolutely. So sure. That that needs to be, you know, for for anybody who thinks that fixing the government is the way to do it, then that should be the, the whole target. Right. And so to give just to give people an aim on on what the, the problem is, and to me, that's my, that's what I think the problem is. Yeah, here's another big one, right? It's in the Constitution that we are not supposed to have a standing army, right? Sure. And yet there's recruiting tables up everywhere, all, you know, going on at all times, recruiting offices. Well, there's there's a constant war going on, too. So. Well, mm-hmm. that's what, but yet there's not, right? They like, <laughs> there's there's no wars, you know, we're, there's no declaration of wars, it's just yeah. been one permanent state of emergency since like World War Two. So that that should be fixed too. So sure, you know, there there should be a requirement for a declaration of war. You know, regardless if we have standing armies or not, <laughs> we yeah. should have the requirement of a de- declaration. No, it's there. It's already which, there. Which like, is in the constitution, it but it's it's ignored. I think we've had like twenty seven wars that I've counted yeah. and on uh, over American history and only five of which were declared. Ron, Ron so, Paul used to bring it up all the time. If you want to go to war, right, Congress should vote to declare a war, right? Then at least you're following the fucking book, right? If you do, and then they change, like, again, right, they change the words, right? We're not at war, right? It was a kinetic military action, right? It's, it wasn't an attack. It wasn't an assault, or just 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 doing kinetic military actions out there, right? Don't worry about it, folks. Not a war, not an attack, not an invasion. Kinetic military action, right? They changed the verbiage. Like, oh yeah, no, Obama didn't go to war, right? It's just a kinetic kinetic military action. That's all. See, not a war. It's different words, different thing entirely, right? And again, going back, you know, my point was. You know, it, it, it's for those that fall upon the document to justify their position, right? Like, number one, you got to be right about it, right? If you're going to lean on the Constitution, and not that I not that I personally would, but at least have your shit together and know what it says, right? You, you, you got to declare war. It has nothing to do with immigration, right? There's not supposed to be a standing army. General welfare is very specific, Right? It doesn't cover everything, but it's been abused, right? Uh, in, interstate commerce, right, is very specific, but it has been abused. They've redefined the interstate commerce clause, right, to protect interstate com- from protecting interstate commerce to protecting anything that affects interstate commerce, right? Yeah, the whole drug war is, is based on the interstate commerce clause, right? the Jones like, Act. In, uh, I, this was a couple of years ago, uh, maybe I don't know what the what the latest on it was, but there was you know there was um, a a firearms manufacturer in Texas, right, who was going to manufacture suppressors or silencers, you know, and only sell them to Texans, right, because if it's within the state, 
right? Then the federal government has no purview, which means the you know ATF and the DEA or whomever, right, had no had no jurisdiction um, to weigh in on it, right? You you buy a suppressor from a Texan in Texas. This is Texas jurisdiction, and Texas says it's okay, right? And then you know, but the the the, the interstate commerce clause will come up and say, well, we do have a purview. Because if you are selling them only to Texans, then that affects competition outside of Texas, which affects interstate commerce, right? And therefore, our jurisdiction is still under the federal government. Yeah, right? that happened in uh, Wickard versus Filburn. Uh, a farmer wanted to grow grain to feed to his own chickens. There was no interstate commerce clause at all yep. involved. But uh, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the government, saying, well, because he was feeding his uh, grain to his own chickens, he wasn't therefore buying grain on the marketplace and that affected the price and therefore interstate commerce. There it is. So they had the right to tell him. Yeah. So it is so completely unrelated, right, to interstate commerce. There's no interstate commerce being going on, just affects interstate commerce, boom, you're, you know, Bob's your uncle, they're in and it's their jurisdiction. From the That's Supreme right. Court, yeah. right? Mm. This is another thing. Right, that I, you know, the conversation with the boss, maybe we'll start wrapping it up here. Right, like I might put more faith, I told him it's like I might put more faith in the Supreme Court if, much like a jury, right, the the um, the vote had to be unanimous, right? Because hmm. these are the, supposed to be like the nine fucking smartest people on the planet, right, <laughs> or at least in America, right? They're the, the highest law in the land. Right, they're supposed to be the ones who decide these things, and too often, for my liking, it comes down to like five four or among what you know what we would consider party lines. Right? No, you fucking sit in there, right, until one side convinces the other side that it's actually constitutional, right, and you come back when you've got all nine of you in fucking line. I don't care which line it is, right. But you can't have like just barely less than half of you saying one thing and barely more than half of you saying it's the complete fucking opposite, right? And that's the then we're and we're supposed to follow that or respect that as the law of the land? No fucking yeah. way. <laughs> if you need a unanimous Probably. jury, you know, if the well, jury better. needs to be unanimous to find someone guilty, you fuckers need to be unanimous to find something either constitutional I, or unconstitutional. I, I think that's probably true in the in the case where it's uh you know the the, the population or a citizen versus the the government. The government mm. should have to have uh, uh, unanimous against an individual. Mm. I'll I'll take it, that as a start. Right, let's fucking move the goalpost yeah. in that direction. Right, but it should be for everything. Right, because how can four out of five smartest people on the planet, right, think one thing and five out of them think the other, the exact opposite? Right, you got to get it together. I I don't know. I could I could see a situation where it's uh, one person versus another person. Maybe maybe the the like the the guy ordering a, a cake from a from a store, and there might be some. Uh, nuance or something you know no. it's 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 a you know a person against a, a business or something i i think there's sure may maybe some room where but but when it's uh you know so let's the, let's, the let's, cake maker versus the government then it's a different story let's take that example cake cake maker versus a business or cake maker versus a customer right 
uh, is it constitutional for him to decide that he does not want to bake the cake, right? Is it constitutional for the customer to demand that the baker bake the cake, right? All nine of those fuckers should be squared away on what the Constitution says and how it affects this. That doesn't even sound like a constitutional issue. That sounds like a, this is not our purview. We're going to kick it back mm-hmm. down to the lower courts, right? Okay. Yep, that or, sense. or it's a violation of the 13th Amendment, right, which, you know, uh, uh, which bans indentured servitude, right, and, and ends slavery, right? You can't force them to bake the cake because that makes you <laughs> a lord and a master over him, right? And all yep. nine should be in agreement on that. True. Well, you might have a circumstance where the lower court has ruled against individual rights. Um, if, say, for example, the, the, the draft. They say, okay, you, 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 you're going to go to jail because you didn't uh, uh, submit yourself to the draft, uh, selective service. And uh, then it goes to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court uh, may be divided on it. They may not be, um, you know, they, they may rule five to four that, uh, well, it, um, um, we've always had that, even though we've got a 13th Amendment against, against involuntary servitude. And, um, but, but it's the way it's always been, and this is a different circumstance. So we're going to throw that down, back down to the, to the lower court. I would say in that case, uh, I wouldn't go with the majority vote or even a unanimous vote, whatever, um, because it's just wrong for the government to initiate uh, violence against an individual like that. You were correct that it's wrong. And, and, and what I said is I'd probably give them more credence if they were required to be unanimous. Not that they're always going to be unanimous, right? But you would think amongst the nine smartest people on the planet when it comes to Supreme Court issues— Right. There would be one dissenting vote that said Constitution, you know, kind of says you can't you can't put you know, you can't enslave anyone or make anyone an indentured servant. And the draft falls under that. So I'm not going to you know, you are never going to get my vote right to make that a legal thing. Right. Mm. And that one dissenting vote. Right. Prevents an eight, nine decision. Right. And therefore they can't force him into indentured servitude. Right. Because mm. the Supreme Court said no. Right, they they could they couldn't get that ninth guy to agree that it's okay to enslave people, and therefore it's not. Right, we've always done it, but now you've got the one dissenting voice that prevents it from going forward. Final right thoughts? Mm-hmm. Nope. All right, Good. let's wrap it there. Then that'll do it for us. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha. Aloha.